What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith, and as always, bringing you our Monday through Friday show covering the American Athletic Conference. We are the fastest growing show for the conference, and we are going to keep climbing until we reach the top. And when we reach the top, we will not stop. Um, So before I get into today's uh, agenda, (laughs) uh, which I will be going over realignment, I'll be talking about uh, TV markets versus competitive success. And then as you learned last week, every week during the football season, it is a most likely Tuesday. So I'm going to give you my most likely picks for the week. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it for today. Um, before I get into it, you know what to do if you're watching on YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, whether that's Spotify or Apple, please leave a five-star rating. And if you feel compelled to leave me a review, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, in fact, I'm going to read one today. Did I saw this morning it says if you ain't following you're missing this is a must follow for all real college football fans trey is the absolute best in coverage of the aac realignment in college football overall follow today and thank me later so whoever wrote that i just want you to know i very much appreciate it and um maybe i'll read one of these each day but also don't want it to be like i'm just over here reading too much of my own press, so to speak. But point being is I really appreciate those. And uh, as I've been saying, the purpose of it isn't to pump my, you know, it isn't to pump me up, but it's about pushing the podcast up uh, on these platforms to where more people, uh, it can reach more people, which is ultimately the goal. Anyways, I'll get to it. Let's talk realignment. So I've seen an excerpt from a Stuart Mandel report floating around Twitter X. Uh, I've seen it quite a bit, actually, in the last 24 hours or so. The article he wrote, you know, Stuart Mandel of The Athletic. So I'll put the link down in the description on YouTube um, and on whatever the streaming platform is for the description of this episode. Understand, I think it's behind a paywall. But there's an excerpt from it where he's talking about the Pac-2 still hopeful they can rebuild the conference. In other words, that they can rebuild by backfilling from both the American and the Mountain West. Obviously, you saw over the weekend, the Mountain West commissioner was at both the Oregon State and Washington State games. Of course, she was going to be at the Oregon State game because they were playing San Jose State, who's in her conference. I don't even remember who Washington State was playing. It may have also been a Mountain West team. But either way, she's definitely trying to get both of those teams. Now, here's where things are getting a little muddy for me is with this whole reverse merger concept. I don't know how that impacts what the Mountain West currently has in place. So right now, what I'm not so sure of is if the Mountain West is just trying to get these two teams 
to join the Mountain West Conference or if they are, in fact, discussing some sort of merger. What's becoming pretty evident about Oregon State and Washington State is that they're not real interested in the bottom tier teams of the Mountain West Conference and then likely the American Conference. But as we talked about last week, the American Conference pulled out. I'd been saying it. Well, I haven't been saying it. I've actually been giving a lot of my thoughts on what I would do if I was the one calling the shots. But as far as the actual information several weeks ago that I received was that it was going to be all four or none at all. Um, So either way, not so sure, but it seems like they're not interested in the bottom tier teams of the G5 conferences that their, their ideal scenario would be to take their top tier. And so the excerpt from this article is what I want to kind of dive into to open this episode. It says, the goal for Oregon State and Washington State would be to lure the most desirable programs from not just the Mountain West, but the AAC too, without having to get into bed with their bottom feeders. A theoretical conference with, say, the Cougars and Beavers, plus Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno State, Tulane, Memphis, Air Force, and Colorado State would not be Power 5 caliber, but it would perhaps be more attractive to a TV partner than the current Mountain West Plus 2. This is interesting. So this is a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, about a 9-team conference. Did I count right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah. And two being from the American, that being Tulane and Memphis. Here's my thoughts on this. And granted, Mandel said this is a theoretical conference. He's not saying this is something that's actually on the table. But let's just go here for a second. If hypothetically this is an option that those two teams are considering in trying to rebuild the pack, first off, if I'm Memphis, I'm demanding the lion's share to join that conference. Okay, and if I'm a Memphis fan, one of the questions I'm asking is, is that conference of nine teams I just listed so far, you know, head and shoulders above the current conference I'm in that it justifies literally traveling to the West Coast or the mountain region for every game, every set of games except one team, which is Tulane? And I'm not just talking football. I'm talking all sports, talking hoops. Is that what you want? Might be for some of you. Maybe for some of you, you'd rather go travel a further distance and, you know, however much that's going to cost to play in those venues versus some of the venues you're going to be playing in in the American. I mean, I don't know. And so my question is, if I'm a Memphis fan, is does all this travel justify this conference? Like, is that a justifiable conference? Now, I'm sure the big X factor will be, well, is the Power 5 status retained? Well, technically it would be until somebody decided, other conferences decided, you know, to do a vote. And now you've got nine votes to throw in the pot, which for me, that's why I've been saying a merger's more seamless and better for many reasons, but um, you also would have more votes. But those are just something I'm thinking about if I'm Memphis. And I'm thinking like Memphis basketball with that group of teams, first off, you know, this better not be a deal where, okay, the, the Cougars and Beavers are going to get everything and then we're going to share some morsels with these other teams, but we're going to get them in so, so they can say they're power five. 
I just don't know that that's going to justify all that travel for me. Like it's the same argument that was that was countering me when I was pitching Oregon State and Washington State to the AAC when I was making my case. Now, I felt like financially and it, from an exposure media deal standpoint that there were some things you could use to justify plus the further westward expansion. And now if that's going to be part of the PAC's pitch where, well, look, we're going to expand more into the Southeast as a part of this. Okay. You know, so it's like, if you're going to use the same argument, just on the other side of it that I was using to get mountain, to get Washington state and Oregon state in. Okay. Maybe you have something there, but if I'm Tulane, I'm looking at this going, how does this make sense for me? So Tulane, I look at as more of new money. And I'm using that as an analogy, meaning their success is here, here lately is something that I think if they can sustain for a few years, which, you know, last year they kind of came out of nowhere, burst onto the scene. This year so far, they look like they're going to pick up right where they left off. If you can sustain that for a few years, I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say you're going to be desirable to Power 5 conferences that are more in your regional footprint. Personally. Um, especially, you know, they're in new Orleans. Um, they seem to be, they seem to have turned a corner. Um, but you know, Tulane's not exactly a program that has just had this history and history and history of success. I mean, you look at their time in, I guess the conference USA, it was, I think they had three bowl appearances and then they came into the American and they struggled initially and it's taken some time, but Willie Fritz has really established and built a program where now it looks like, okay, this wasn't just some flash in the pan season. Time's going to tell, but this wasn't just some flash in the pan season in 2022, but it's looking like they're going to have uh, some sustained success. And we'll get into their matchup this weekend here a little bit later on this, this, this episode. But I'm just saying, if I'm Tulane, man, you're over here, you know, as far east as east gets in Louisiana. And you're looking at the rest of that conference and it's like, I mean, can you even afford that? You know, would the pack be able to provide a financial package to make that make sense? That's the thing. There's still not a media deal or media partner in place. And that's where I kept coming back to, at least when I was making my pitch for the AAC to the, uh, to the Oregon state, uh, the pack two was, Hey, you have exit fee money and you have a media partner that you can negotiate the deal up. Listen, I get it. That's done. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to play both sides of the fence here, right? Because I don't want someone to be like, well, you were making a pitch for these two teams to come out east. Why, why, why can't these two teams make a pitch for these other two teams to come out west? And it, Fair, but I'm just saying there are some elements that are still to be determined from the PAC's vantage point that are already in place with the American. That's all I'm saying there. So that's just something to think about. Then it brings up another conversation as it pertains to expansion for the American, which I know there's some people, you know, that are never going to be happy with what the AAC does. They just won't. Um, whether it's because the expectations are too high or it's because you don't understand or you're not willing to accept the current landscape we're in. Well, what do I mean when I say the current landscape we're in? Unfortunately, and I'm not saying that I agree with this. Okay, but uh, this is the reality. TV markets are more valuable than competitive brands at this point. At this juncture, that's, that's what we're seeing. That if you want to get a lucrative and sustainable, if you want to secure and sustain a lucrative media deal, your best bet, especially as a G5, is to have big markets. And 
that almost takes, I'm not going to say almost, right now what we're seeing is that's more of a priority than a G5 competitive brand. Do I agree with that? Absolutely not. Do I think that's how it should be? Absolutely not. You know, some people even on this channel have come in and, and, and made an argument that, yeah, but if you get the competitive teams that have competitive success and then they're competitive in the new conference, people are going to want to watch that. But that's not how these networks view it. In a perfect case study of this is the Pac-12, which is now the Pac-2. They lost their biggest market a year ago. And sure, did the leadership drag its feet? Did the leadership refuse to accept just how big of a loss that was? I mean, whatever argument you want to make for that as to the reason why, but the bottom line was is the pack continued to overvalue itself. It continued to value itself based on its competitive success opposed to its market, its television market. The fact that it lost, it's almost like they refused to accept that we lost our biggest TV market. That's not going to devalue us that much because we're still a competitive brand. Yet after the Big 12 swooped in, secured that whatever it was, $31 million a team payout with ESPN, Pac-12 is left on this island. And then you look at week zero and week one, guess which conference is 13-0 and right now? The Pac-12. So on paper, the most competitive conference through week one is the one conference that is completely self-destructing because they couldn't secure a media deal. So that's, to me, what proves how valuable having teams in good TV markets is for these negotiations. And so that's so, so then you come back to the AAC. You look at this last round. There was obviously an emphasis on markets. And that's where I've talked about before this whole parallel to playing money ball with it, right? It's like the Oakland A's. It's, it's, they're losing, you know, Jason Giambi. It's like, you know, you're not going to go find another guy as good as that. And if we do find one, we're not going to be able to afford them. So what we've got to do is we've got to find someone that has the makeup, that has the skill set, that has, you know, does a lot of the same things that he does that can bring a lot of the same value that he brought, even though that one player may not be as good as him, maybe we can replace what he brought with two or three players that, that supplement what he brought to the team. And that's kind of how it's becoming now as a G5 conference with media negotiations. It's you got to find programs and go, okay, this program here isn't as competitive as this program over there. However, this program over here is going to help me in my media negotiations. So if I get them to commit to investing in their athletic programs with the new level of resources and exposure that this conference is going to provide them, can that team become as competitive, if not more competitive, than this team over here that's more competitive right now? You see what I'm saying? Am I saying that's how it should be? Am I saying that's right? No. But like, if you want to look at Army as being the number one linked um, um, expansion candidate, that Army-Navy rivalry being in conference. Now, continuing to play it at the end of the season, you know, I feel like, okay, could you move it to Thanksgiving Day? Could you move it a week back? Could you play it on week zero? I know that would break a very, very age-old tradition, but make it the only game on week zero, and it's a conference game. Or if you're going to play it, but if... if, if Point being is, is that is a rivalry 
that gives you TV market value. And that Army-Navy Games deal with CBS is up in 2028. So if that deal's up in 2028, I think that the AAC deal is up in like 2031 or 2032. So that could be the play there with wanting to bring them in on a football-only type of deal. So anyways, those are just my thoughts on it. I'm not saying that that's the right way. I mean, I think it's, but you have to accept the reality of our current situation, which is TV money is completely destroying college football. So as a commissioner of a G5 conference, you've got to play the game a little bit and, and, and play a little bit of money ball and go, okay, what teams can I get into that are in a market that are going to let me sustain this media deal? And then for the next one, maybe even be able to negotiate it up. I mean, think about it. I look at Charlotte, UAB, UTSA, UNT, FAU, all right, and, and, and even Rice. You know, we'll see, you know, Rice down there in Houston. But if, if those programs can start to flourish with the new wave of resources they're going to be getting and they begin to become competitive programs in great TV markets, well, that's a package now that when your TV deal is up and then, oh, by the way, you throw an Army-Navy rivalry in there, well, now you got something you can sell. Not saying that's how it should be. You should just be able to sell the competitive nature. But I'm just saying, like, I get it. There were teams that on paper and on the field, on the court, would have been better additions to the conference this last go-around. But you have to look at the aspect of how TV markets are really, unfortunately, kind of running, kind of running realignment. And that's why I look at a team like Georgia State right there in Atlanta, you know, I think that's another program that on the football and basketball side of things that would strongly benefit from the additional resources. But either way, y'all let me know what you think on that. You know, TV markets over the competitive brands. Um, and then, but could those teams that may not be as competitive that are in the right markets, if they get the additional resources, could they become as competitive? That makes sense. And then back to what I said at the beginning, especially if you're a Memphis or Tulane fan, like how would you feel about that particular conference? Uh, Washington State, Oregon State, Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno State, Tulane, Memphis, Air Force, and Colorado State. I'd be curious to know some thoughts on that as well. Okay, and then finally, uh, most likely two. I told you every Tuesday is going to be a most likely Tuesday. So I'm going to go through... I've got a few topics here. It's mainly, you know, pulling off an upset, covering the spread as a favorite, covering the spread as a dog, game to go. Oh, this week I threw a new one in there. It's a game to go over. Last week I did a 50-burger, which I was wrong. I said FAU. They were in position to. They just didn't do it. Um, but now I'm going to change it to game most likely to go over. Uh, and then I got the CFB game of the week again. So everything else is pretty much the same except for that one. So most likely to pull off an upset in week two, I've got ECU over Marshall. Uh, Marshall's minus three, favored three points. Uh, that's going to be a good matchup. For ECU, it's, it's, it's going to be a better litmus test or benchmark than what Michigan was. But as I said yesterday, that ECU front seven looks to be for real. I felt like they held their own against Michigan, even though the score in the end got out of hand. And quite frankly, if not for a horribly, horribly blown call, that, that score isn't even as bad as it ended up being. 
I mean, we're talking, it's still, you know, a blowout, but it's 23 to three instead of 30 to three or 26 to three instead of 30 to three. Uh, that, that touchdown pass, I think it was their first or second touchdown that McCarthy scored where he was clearly uh, past the Ford progress line. But I'm looking forward to this one. I, I think we'll get a better glimpse of what this offense is going to be about. And will it be two quarterbacks again? Or will he stick with uh, Mason Garcia? But I, I think the team most likely to in the American Conference this week to pull off an upset is ECU, who is a three-point underdog to Marshall. Most likely to cover the spread as a favorite. I'm going to go with Memphis to cover 21 and a half over Arkansas State. Arkansas State just got the brakes beat off of them by OU. OU is an improved team. I think we all expected that. But was that game result because of how dominant OU is and is going to be, or is some of that due to how weak Arkansas State is now? Which is unfortunate for Arkansas State, because for a time there, they were, they were one of the more premier G5 programs, and they've just sort of fallen from glory, so to speak, uh, over the last, I don't know, five or six years or so. But I think Memphis is going to cover. I think that offense is going to put points on the board. I think we're going to see those weapons and that firepower continue to to roll and continue to improve. Uh, I've been saying that defense, the Memphis defense can consistently stop the run this year. I mean, they're going to be a force. And I just don't see there being a problem with that. If they come out focused and ready to play, I, I think they cover 21 and a half points over Arkansas State. All right, let me speed this up. Uh, most likely to cover the spread as an underdog. I'm going to go with UAB, who is plus six and a half versus Georgia Southern. Touched on this game a little bit yesterday. I think and someone used the term. In fact, I stole that term benchmark from uh, whoever it was in the comments yesterday, uh, saying that Georgia Southern is going to be a much better benchmark to gauge what UAB is all about than last week against NCANT. Told you yesterday, I love the offense. I love the system. Uh, I think the playbook's going to open up more and more, particularly this week. Uh, we're going to really see what that defense is about. And listen, I'm not saying UAB is going to win, but I do think they for sure cover the six and a half point spread. Um, but I'm excited about that one. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what UAB looks like against uh, a, a more competitive team. Uh, game most likely to go over. Guys, I'm going with UTSA, Texas State. I think there's a good chance that one could be a barn burner. I think that UTSA is going to shake the kinks off of their offense that just got stifled a week ago against Houston. Texas State's going to be coming in with some firepower. I mean, they've got some, they got some cats, man. They got some go daddies. They got some athletes. GJ Kenny turned that roster over and he brought some dudes in. And that was evident last week against Baylor. And that was a high-scoring game. I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think UTSA wins. I think there's going to be a lot of energy. A very, um, Hopefully, they get a really good turnout at the Alamo Dome. And um, you know, UTSA hopefully ends up winning in the end. But I do think that, that this game goes over 64-and-a-half. Whether we're talking a, you know, 35-31 or 35-38. Or maybe a 42, you know, 35, something like that. And then finally, most likely to be CFB game of the week. 
Y'all know what I'm going to say on this one. I'm going to Lane and Ole Miss. Here's my biggest gripe about this game. Is if this game was being played in week three or if Texas Alabama was being played in week three, this game right here, college game time is headed to New Orleans. College game day, sorry. College game day. That's the, that becomes the host site for college game time. Game day. <laughs> Keep saying the same thing. But I think this has the potential to be game of the week, Tulane and Ole Miss. I am a little scared for Tulane of the Ole Miss firepower. Uh, this is a team that can put up points, and they can put up points fast. Jackson Dart, I think, is in year two with Lane Kiffin. I mean, they dropped a 70-piece on Mercer last week. Tulane played a tougher opponent, don't get me wrong, and they took care of business, as they should, 37-17. I hope Michael Pratt is 100%. Um, but, man, I, I would love for this to be a highly competitive game, and I think if it's a competitive game, uh, Tulane can pull it out in the end. Uh, they got a sold-out crowd. Um, but there is this small part of me that is a little fearful that if it's going to get out of hand, it's going to be because Ole Miss comes out firing. And uh, they got a lot of speed and they got a lot of firepower. But at the same time, you know, Tulane does as well. And, and Tulane is a much more formidable opponent than what Ole Miss was up against last weekend. So I'm hoping for a good game. I'm hoping for a close game. I wish it was being played next weekend or that Texas Bama was being played next weekend so it could be the host site for college game day on Saturday morning. But it's not. And, uh, that's going to do it. So let me know your most likely twos. Who's your most likely to pull off an upset? Who's your most likely to cover the spread as a favorite? Who's your most likely to cover the spread as a dog? What's your most, which game is most likely to go over? And what's your most likely uh, game of the week that could come from the American Athletic Conference? And that's it for me today. Trey Smith, college game time.